Mojo Sports, Fitzy, Craig Fitzgibbon, how you doing? Yeah, good mate, good. What can I do you for? Mate, always happy to help here at Mojo. Uh-huh. A new conditioner for Nico. Yeah, right, yep. Just something to help help lift his plate and confidence. Yeah, of course. All right, okay. Um, yeah, look, I'll just write that one down. So new conditioner, and he's not a he's not a fruity guy, is he? No, he's not, Nico. All right, too easy. Yeah, look, no, we'll, we'll, we'll see what we can do, and uh, we'll send something through to you. All right, uh, good to chat with you, mate. Excellent. Cheers. All right, mate. Catch ya. Bye. Love you too. Bye. Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Yeah, hello and welcome to Mojo Sports, the NRL show, season two, episode 22. My name is Dan Frost, and as always, I'm supported by the best panel in the business. Tonight, we've got Geordie, who, uh, yeah, well, we're borrowing her from the Women in League show. We've got a few troops down at the moment, but they'll be back next week. Um, Geordie, great to have you on the NRL show. Um, great time to join as well, because there's been some... Crazy results happened back in round six all those days ago, and now we preview round seven. And, yeah, obviously, you know, with the Anzac uh, weekend, it's a it's, it's pretty pretty special week of football. One of my absolute favourites. There's nothing better than getting to see all the new jersey designs that come out for this week every year as well. Yeah, no, it really feels like, you know, everyone get, gets in and around the game during this time of year, and obviously for a very, very special reason. But before that, let's jump into our first segment for tonight, the warm-up. And the one. And a two, and a one, two, three. Why you Bishop wore buttless chaps to the bat mitzvah. Have a great broadcast. You too, darling. Yeah, Anchorman, love that movie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, all right, Geordie, well, in the warm-up, it's just about, you know, having a little bit of fun, throwing out a few different uh, things that I, get, I guess get to know the panel a little bit more. I've got a little bit of a random trivia question for you, though, for this week in the warm-up, and that is the Gold Coast Titans – when they first came into the competition in 2007, they they first weren't called the Titans. They actually launched under a different name. Bit of random trivia. Do, do you know what? Uh, do you know what they you know what they were called? And happy for you to have a funny guess as well. I actually don't know the answer to this one. I'm going to guess. Maybe this could be very wrong, but also a very good pitch that they were called the Suns. I reckon every club should align with all sports for that region. Exactly. I think that's the way to do it. <laughs> exactly. I remember sitting on the foot. Um, I remember sitting there watching the footy show, and they had all the they had all the options, and they were breaking it down slowly over the weeks. And um, yeah, you thought Gold Coast, the weather, the sun, the suns. That would have been a good one. The AFL kind of stole that. Is it the Gold Coast? They they still playing? Yeah. There? Bit of bit of bit of cheeky plug at uh, AFL. AFL <laughs> still a thing, right? That's that's played in our country. Appara- um, apparently so. <laughs> apparently that that's still a thing. No, the Gold Coast Titans first launched as the Gold Coast Dolphins. Uh, oh. That was their first name, and they were sued by the Redcliffe Dolphins <laughs> because they were kind of like, "Hey guys, we're kind of awkward, but we're kind of here just down the road," um, type thing. So they actually had to change it, and they ran a competition. Um, and they turned out to be the Gold Coast Titans, um, and that kind of worked out because, yeah, I don't know, Jordy, about having two Dolphins teams. In the cold, in the cold. Look, it, it might have ended differently for the bid for who was added this year. Who I'm, knows? I'm just, I'm just <laughs> frantically googling like different breeds of dolphin. Like you know, maybe you have like you know. Anyway, um, for all of our avid listeners that are also fans of dolphins, um, write into us. You know, obviously educate us on the different breeds of dolphin. But uh, yeah, Gold Coast Titans 
A bit of an up-and-down season for them. We'll obviously be previewing them later. And, yeah, we're very interesting to see how the Redcliffe Dolphins go uh, next year. All right, let's jump into our first segment for tonight, the, the breakdown. It's do or die. One game. Got hit in the mouth and acted like somebody took our lunch money. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Um, not everything went to, went to plan at all. Uh, and they run through our ass like sh- through a tin horn, man, and we could not stop them. <laughs> <laughs> and, Jordy, when it comes to Anzac round, is there any other game uh, besides the St. George Illawarra Dragons coming up against the Sydney Roosters? On Monday, um, it, it's going to be – it always is an historic clash. Um, you know, it doesn't matter about form, where the teams are on, on the competition ladder. These t- teams go at each other each and every year. Um, Jordy, talk to us a little bit about this clash. Obviously, you know, you've been following the game for a very long time. It's a very special one. As a completely non-biased answer from a Rooster supporter, yes, I do think this game is the most important or one of the most iconic games of Anzac weekend every single year. Um, the crowd – is just drawn to this game more so than any other week. It, it's a really special environment and it's always a really um, beautiful pregame service. So it's um, always makes up for big ones and the players rise to the occasion. Yeah, and I, I think both clubs do a really good job of sort of educating you know, the next generation coming through about, you know, what it means, you know, you know, who were some of the past players that have, that have you know, served in the military and, um, you know, just, just what it means. And I just feel like there is just so much emotion. You spoke about the ceremony that happens, you know, pre-game and, you know, it, it just, and, and it's not something that fades. It's not, not five or 10 minutes of intensity. This is 80 minutes of just chaos. And you just get a little bit of a, a sneak peek at, at finals football in round seven. It's, Anyway, it's very unique um, to the NRL. I know, I know it. I know there there are sort of you know the, these sort of events in other codes, but you know this one's very very special to um, yeah to to the NRL. All right, uh, Jordy. Well, we spoke about bias. Let's start there with your <laughs> Sydney Roosters because um, it's been an interesting season so far. Sitting in fifth um, on eight competition points, we've got four wins, um, two losses. What, what's your what's your reflections on on the season so far for the Chooks? So I think we've had. I think. Robbo's actually got a new coaching theory. I think we're playing make as many errors as you like and playing frantic eyes up footy, see what comes off and then scale it back in the second half. And it's allowing Sammy Walker and like your Joey Manus and that to have a lot more freedom. And, you know, they are players that can literally turn a game on its head by themselves. And it's nice to see them kind of doing it naturally. And then, you know, when they need to, they're falling back into structures. Well, that's what it looks like anyway. The first half of every game so far this season has has me has had me sitting on the edge of my seat. Um, but I love I love watching what those players can bring individually, and I love watching, you know, the powerhouses of the Roosters do what they do best to get us in the fight. It feels very chaotic, doesn't it? I mean, look. Oh, you know, it's so chaotic. <laughs> Jordy, if it was any other team uh, like the Knights, I would be a little bit um, concerned because there's def- definitely inconsistency there. It just feels like an awkwardness um, to their play at the moment. And that's only because we're judging them at the highest standard because we know, you know, <laughs> as, as we get to finals football, we know how silky it'll be. We know those structures will fall into place and, and, and just the machine of the Sydney Roosters will be in place. But at the moment... You know, it's a very different-looking roster. You know, there's a lot of unique combinations. And, Jordy, the elephant in the room is there has been so many leaders that have departed this club. I mean, if, you know, you talk about the Morris Twins, you talk about Cordner, you talk about Jake Friend, if any of those players had left any other club 
probably even the, the Melbourne Storm included, they would have imploded. I mean, it, it's pretty special that, you know, the Sydney Roosters are able to kind of tread water early on in the season after losing so much experience. Yeah, I think we were pretty lucky. It sounds ridiculous. Pretty lucky with the injuries that we had last year in terms of being able to blood new players in a staggered sort of way. Like each week we were getting a new injury. So the next week someone new was coming in. So it wasn't all at once kind of thrown in the deep end. Everyone had kind of their touch of toe dip in the water sort of moment at the end of last year. And then they've had, you know, off season, most of them are back with bears or get dropped back to bears and they've trained together for a while. So coming together slowly, I think Robbo said in the press conference on the weekend that he gave it about eight or nine weeks before he said that they were really going to hit their stride. So that's really interesting from a coaching perspective for him to be so aware that, you know, he's not where they want them to be and he's not stressing at all. Yeah. He didn't sound like it. He's He's got faith that they're building in the right direction. So I think that's pretty um pretty crazy. <laughs> they're, they're certainly not trying to win a premiership in April or May. Um, don't get me wrong. He still looks a little bit frustrated in the press box when things aren't <laughs> going their way during the game. But uh, no, definitely, definitely being, being patient. Um, Jordy, there's quite a few storylines here to talk about. Um, the Sam Verrill situation, it's awkward, isn't it? You know, like what happens, you know, obviously, you know, for, for, for us everyday, um, you know, battlers in our jobs, it would be kind of awkward if you knew that, you know, you're not going to be here next year. You know, you, the, the replacement's coming in there in Brandon Smith. Um, talk to me a little bit about Sam Verrills because, um, yeah, he's, he's not going to be there at the Roosters next year, but it is so critical that he plays at an elite level because we know how much of an influence the dummy half position has on the Chooks. Um, yeah, a bit of an interesting situation there with Sam. I think it is super interesting, and his position at the moment is even being pushed by Drew Hutchinson playing in that utility role. So there is that um, internal competition that's, you know, pushing him to perform, but pushing him to perform regularly because even though he's only here to see out the season, he's um he's got another bloke breathing down his neck internally. So it is a very interesting and not unique, but um a very pressing sort of situation because we saw what Drew can bring last year in the back end of the Roosters season. Yeah, no, I, th- I think it's going to be really interesting. He has dolphins written all over him, uh, Sammy Verrill, <laughs> speaking of our earlier segments, so uh, one to keep an eye on, that's for sure. Um, Jordi, t- uh, Teddy, Tedesco, uh, everyone loves a Pappenhausen, uh, a Travojevic last year. Um, it was, you know, th- th- there's so much uh, love that, that's given out to some incredible fullbacks in our game. Teddy kind of doesn't get it because we just expect greatness from him, you know, being the, um, you know, being the captain. Um, you know, what's your thoughts on his form earlier on in the season? I do feel like he's still playing a little bit awkwardly with Kiri and Sam Walker, probably not at his absolute best. Is that a fair assessment? I mean, still, you know, statistically, still absolutely elite, um, an incredible player. But, you know, I wouldn't say Teddy's um, hit, hit his straps quite yet. I would agree in that. I also feel like Roosters are kind of playing with the almost two fullbacks with Manu sweeping on both sides as well. So I think there's, well, it looks like there's still a lot of trial and error trying to figure out um, whose moment to pop up where sort of is. So that'll be interesting to see how that progresses as the season goes on. Yeah. And another interesting storyline is Joseph Sawali. I mean, I mean that they still sell newspapers by the way, but every single (laughs) newspaper last year, I mean, it just had his name and his age and oh my God, this unbelievable talent. This guy was Greg Inglis, Israel Flau, Andrew Johns, Brad Fittler, Darren Lockyer, um, Arthur Beetson, have I forgotten anyone? Wally Lewis, all put together <laughs> into one player. I mean, Jordy, this was just kind of where it was always going to land. I mean, you, you just so much pressure on such a young kid. And, you know, like a lot of people have spoken about, he couldn't have landed at a better club under Trent Robinson because he's been able to 
without anyone really re- realising it, take all of the, the pressure. I mean, when was the last time you saw a headline around Joseph Sawali? What's your thoughts on, you know, this is a, this is a masterstroke from Robinson. Um, and then just quickly, what's your thoughts on Sawali? You know, again, starting a little bit quiet, hasn't really had the impact at NRL level, but again, still a baby, got, got plenty of time to build into his career. Yeah, um, I'm lucky enough to be involved with Bears, so I've actually seen Suwali play most of his games so far this season in um, New South Wales Cup where he has been on fire. Um, that Bears New South Wales Cup team are 5-0, and so they've started the season really strong and it is a lot of those Roosters boys or the boys that played Roosters last year and have dropped back down. So he's been on fire at that New South Wales Cup level on the call-up this week. I think he had some really strong carries, but he didn't overplay his hands. So I think he's working hard and working quietly um, away from that NRL arena or has been consistently, and we'll see what happens as the season builds. No, it's going to be interesting. I mean, look, we're all, you know, going to be, um, you know, judging him rightly or wrongly on whether he's scoring two or three tries a week, which is totally unfair. <laughs> Whereas Trent Robinson, who will actually be assessing him, it's all about the small things in his game, those little one percenters that we have no idea about as we watch the game. It'll be it'll be small things in defense, his defensive reads, what he's doing as an edge, his ability to talk and be a leader on the edge as a young player. They'll 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 be these little uh, markers that he's going to have to hit. And um, yeah, no, just another very interesting situation there for the Roosters. All right, that's enough Roosters chat, uh, chat Geordie <laughs> for now. Let's flip it over to your opposition, the St George Illawarra Dragons. Look, the reality is, is if you play this game any other week, Roosters win this easily. I mean, you know, they, they could roll, they could roll the North Sydney Bears in there. You know, they're reserve grade team. They're five and zero, easy. They could, they could wipe the floor with the Dragons. But, um, Geordie, you've been here, you've experienced the highs, the lows, the emotional um, trauma that comes with this Anzac Day um, game, where the Dragons, again, it doesn't matter where they are on the ladder, they just come to perform. Talk to us about your nerves heading into this one, because the Dragons, they, they, they'll be keen for an upset here. Oh, nothing. I've just got you on mute. You're all right. <laughs> I do think the Dragons have an ability to kind of be a bogey team for a lot of clubs. They get close and they fight hard and they've had a lot of roster changes this year as well. So it's a matter of um, building into their season. Like we said, no one talks about winning a premiership in April, but they certainly start to build and see what combinations start forming at the back end of this month. So it'll be um. It's always a big game, and it'll be really interesting to see what the Dragons bring now, Jordy, this, this coming week. This has never happened to me uh, because I was never that good at rugby league. But sometimes there's, you know, sometimes you're in a bad football team, but you're a really, really good player, and you never get picked for representative teams. You never get a ribbon. You never get a trophy. You never get any articles like Joseph Suwali on the, you know, what was it, the Daily Telegraph and all, all the papers last year. Um, a player that, that I feel like falls into this category is Ben Hunt. Geordie, the Dragons are struggling, they're finding their way, they're rebuilding, but Ben Hunt has been on an absolute tear. I thought he was incredible last year. I mean, the, the guy puts on a Queensland Origin jersey and becomes Superman. Um, I've just been really, really impressed with him. I know he got a lot of criticism early on in his career, million-dollar price tag, all of that, but he's now he's really found his spot there at, at St. George. He's the halfback, he's the captain, and, um, yeah, I've just been really, really impressed with him. He, he's, yeah, career-best form in my opinion. I would definitely agree in that term. And I think that captaincy and that leadership that he's holding at the moment is really um, starting to rub off. And I'm hoping, not for the Roosters' sake, but for Dragons' supporters' sake, that they can put t- the players around him can put together consistent efforts to um, support what he is bringing to the Dragons at the moment. Geordie, you're a coach. I, I guess you can kind of relate to what Hook's going through at the moment. 
look, we're in the business of winning football games. You've got to win. And Moses Mbai, you know, say what you want about him, bit of a utility. Is he the absolute elite, elite player at any position? Probably not, but he's a high-quality player. Jack Bird, we, we know what he's capable of. You know, fans are stinging for... I guess these youngsters being able to play more football, you know, kind of there was a feeling that, you know, a lot of their pathways had been cleared. So I talk about Tyrell Sloan. I talk about Junior Ramon. Talk to me about your opinion on this one because it's really dividing people, especially now the Dragons got the win over the Newcastle Knights. Mbai and, and Bird, the two experienced players in, in, the, um, in the spine, or would you be still sort of, you know, repping the, these younger players knowing they are the future? What would you do here if you, if you were Coach Griffin? I would start to look at changing it up. If we're getting consistent results that aren't the results that we want, I think it's time for a change. You talk about, as a coach, higher ceilings and, you know, if this person's consistently here, what can this other person give me? We might not, they might not be there yet, but have they got a potential to be better than that person? So with my coaching hat on, I'd probably say it's time to start um, testing the water with some of these other blokes. Yeah, look, he's probably forgot. Well, I, I, I don't. I know this for a fact. He's forgotten more about football than I know, but uh, I just feel like you know, probably it's best for best for the Dragons to lose with juniors. Um, you lo- lo- lose with younger players. You're exactly right. If the team's winning with experienced players, that's great. If you're a contender, fantastic to play finals football. But if you're not, if you feel like you're in a little bit of a rebuild, you're better off losing with juniors because you're giving them those reps, and then you know, next year, the years after, you're certainly going to benefit from that because there are so many more things that Junior Ramon needs to figure out as part of his game, and he's only going to get that by playing regular football. Uh, and the same with Tyrell Sloan, you know, there's a lot of spark to him, but again, there's a lot of things that he needs to look at. And, and Geordie, there's, there's, there's really no grace period, is there, when it comes to the fullback position at NRL level. Every, every single team's got an out-and-out superstar, and if you don't, what are you doing? So it's not like he's playing sort of a bench role. Tyrell Sloan, a lot of pressure on him as well. Um, all right, and then just, the, you know, a little bit of nonsense last week with Zach Lomax. I mean... Geordie, what's your, th- you know, obviously he was, he's a shit stirrer. He got exactly, I, he got exactly the reaction that he was kind of looking for. What's your thoughts on this, this controversy? Quote I am all for it. I am all for it. You saw Gutho in the Eels and Tigers game getting up on Dane Laurie as well. I think it is fabulous. That's what you've got to do. You've got to be a pest. You do what you can do to throw them off their game. I, I'm all for it. I think it's quite crazy that he was actually charged with a conduct whatever the term was, a misconduct charge. What, I think it's wild. <laughs> what, are we, what are we doing? I mean, I just, I just, I, I'm, I'm speak. I, I look, I'm, I'm biased. I love a bit of shit in the game. I love attitude. I love flair. I love rivalries. I love the fact that these two clubs are going to play again this year. I love that. It's going to be a little bit of a storyline. You know, we want characters in our game. We don't want, you know, those boring press conferences of, yeah, you know, just, just sort of, you know, didn't really turn up today. need to do things better. And, you know, we, we need personalities in the game. So if Zach wants to stand out and, and, and throw a little bit of personality, I, I think it's, um, I think it's fantastic. And, uh, yeah, I don't think um, I don't think Frizzell was ever in uh, danger. Uh, let's put it that way. Uh, all right, well, let's dive into our predictions, Jordi. I know where you're going with this one, but tell me why the Roosters win this game. I'm Roosters. I think they're hitting their straps, and Sammy Walker is a confidence player. And with the last two weeks in his kicking game, I think they're we're heading in the right direction. Yeah, look, I, I'm going to go Roosters. I'd love to poke fun at you and go the Dragons, but I just think there's a complete different tempo in these teams at the moment. Exactly what you said at the start, the Roosters are playing chaotic, 
frenetic football at the moment, but it's high tempo. So, yes, it's more errors. It's a little bit chaotic, but probably the opposite's true with the Dragons. They seem to slow up a little bit in the red zone in good ball and uh, just seem to still be getting in each other's way. There's some lucky tries. They struggle to score points. Um, look, form's going to go out the window. Now, now we say this, I'm sure the Dragons are going to win by 20, but uh, I've got the Roosters as well. All right, well, let's dro- dive into the other key Anzac Day clash. And this is something that, uh, Jordy, this is cool. You know, obviously there was the Dragons-Roosters clash in daylight when it comes to the Anzac Day clashes, but the Melbourne Storm-New Zealand Warriors clash, that's really been built up over the years. And I I guess it's a really nice gesture that we've um, been able to establish here, you know, showing our Anzac connection with our Kiwi brothers and sisters. Yeah, I, again, not definitely a Roosters supporter, but this is one of my favourite games to watch. Um, every year in and out it's and what the Warriors have done for the game in the last couple of years I think that they deserve the um, support of all of the NRL supporters so I yeah I really do love this this matchup every year yeah and it's going to be interesting uh Geordie let's take the difficult team first because uh you know the Melbourne Storm pretty easy to talk about these days the New Zealand Warriors Geordie, every time I think about them, I just feel sorry for Nathan Brown because he has now branded himself as the rebuild developmental coach, right? He comes into a club that's struggling. He gets them back on track. They're not quite there. But at the end of the day, I mean, this can't be good for the guy's blood pressure. I hope that he goes to the doctor regularly because the stress (laughs) levels of coaching the Newcastle Knights over those years and now the New Zealand Warriors. Geordie, why does he do it to himself? I don't know. It takes a special sort of person. <laughs> I, with my coaching hat on, I've got a nod to him. I takes a lot of patience to be that sort of coach. <laughs> it is really, really difficult. Um, Jordy, let's dive into it in terms of some of the challenges they've got. I feel like they've got uh, different players doing silly things each and every week. It's not one, you know, coaching's pretty straightforward. If you've got a player that is just not delivering each and every week, Jordy, you give them the hook, give them some time in reserve grade to go about and, you know, sort of work on their game. I think the problem with the Warriors is each and every week there seems to be sort of unique uh, problems that kind of present themselves within their game. You can't sort of pinpoint that, and it just leads to some inconsistency. Um, Jordy, let's start with, we know we poked a little bit of fun at, uh, at your fullback, Teddy. We said that he you know, wasn't quite at his, at his best. Um, Reese Walsh, I'd probably say the same. You know, comparative to a few other fullbacks doing great, highly talented player, but again, he exploded onto the scene. We know what he's capable of, and we kind of expected him to take that next step. There's a lot of controversy around him at the moment that, you know, realistically, I don't think anyone thinks he's going to stay in the New Zealand Warriors. If that is the case, he really needs to start to, to pick things up post-Roger Tuovasashek. Yeah, they are big shoes to fill, that is for sure. Um, being uh, Roger was a lot of, you know, the Warriors key man for so long. And something that maybe while she's struggling with is that matchup, the forwards of for the Warriors have been stronger. Adam Fanua Blake has been giving a lot of meters to the Warriors back. So I would like to see him. I'd like to see while she link up with Sean Johnson and create some magic together because Warriors do have the team list to put on something special. It's just to get all players on the same page consistently performing. Cause like you said, week in, week out, it seems to be, different combinations working but we haven't been able to put it together for a full full game 
Yeah, and I'm sure that Nathan Brown hates to say I told you so, but this is very much an I told you so moment because we were all, you know, okay, let's get him into Origin. Let's somehow get him into the Kangaroos team. Um, you know, obviously, Geordie, we were talking in our in our last episode about, you know, Darren Lockyer's um, immortal um, case. You know, should Reese Walsh be, be an immortal? You know, that's what that's the conversations we had last year. Nathan Brown was trying to tell everyone to slow things down because, um, you know, this is very much the case that, you know, the NRL finds you out. There's a lot of tape on you now and the game becomes more difficult. I guess what I'm saying is, Geordie, if the Warriors are to upset the uh, the Melbourne Storm, players like Reese Walsh really need to explode on the big stage. Could not agree more on that one. Uh, one player that I, that I am impressed with is Sean Johnson. Uh, Geordie, I'm, I'm going to be honest. A few years ago, I really felt like Sean was going to go one or two ways when it came to his career. Um, incredibly flashy player, dynamic. He reminded me so much of Benji Marshall. He had all those skills. But as he started to age... He didn't age particularly well because I feel like as sort of, you know, maybe his athleticism, his step, and, and a lot of those things started to move away from him, so did his game. Geordie was the opposite. You know, he's, a, he's he sort of he became a refreshed player, obviously went to Cronulla. I thought he was fantastic. I, I, I mean, it's, 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 it's difficult to say now. The Sharks are going so well, but I could not believe that they let him go. But uh, anyway, he's returned to the Warriors, and I really feel like he's a very, very important player for the Warriors at the moment. They need an experienced playmaker that can calm things down, get into an arm wrestle. Um, Sean Johnson, he's that guy. And, you know, you wouldn't think he would have said that at the start of his career. Yeah, I think you sums it up perfectly. That experience that he brings back to the Warriors and in a culture and a team that you can tell means so much to him. He is thriving. I think he's an absolute standout for Warriors so far this season. All right, Jordy, we're going to dive into the Melbourne Storm now. But just quickly before we do that, I think one of the things we should call out with the Warriors is there's no reason, to your point earlier, why the Warriors can't win the middle in this game. I mean, Adam Fanil Blake, as you mentioned, skipper, captain, you know, he's one of the game's absolute best, and there's a lot of players that are there with him. So, um, yeah, no reason why the Warriors can't win the middle, which will put him in a really good position for this game. All right, Geordie, don't have to spend too long on this because uh, here we are, round seven and the Melbourne Storm are great again. Uh, you know, they're up there at the top of the ladder with uh, Panthers in second position. Um, are you surprised in any way by this? I am not surprised at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, it, it is, uh, you know, it is interesting how they're able to continue to be great each and every year. Uh, but then you, you know, they, for me, they haven't, uh, they haven't done it easy. They've had a lot of injuries. Um, I think their forwards have been annihilated. And then not not only that, you know, there is this kind of sense that the Dolphins have signed all their forwards for next year. So there is a little bit of pressure in and around the club to make sure that this is their year. Brandon Smith going to the Chooks as well. But, you know, outside of all that noise, they've got Pappenhausen, they've got Munster, they've got Jerome Hughes, they've got Harry Grant. Geordie, if your spine is in career best form, sometimes footy's as easy as that. And I think exactly that. Like you look at the game on last week, that Storm versus Sharks game, and a lot of people, a lot of the Sharks supporters that I'm friends with were carrying saying, oh, you know, the scoreline didn't reflect the game, but it's that skill and that back line and those players that Melbourne have, that roster goes deep and they've got so much potential to yep. create points very easily. So I it is amazing to watch these blokes that are up, that are in career best form. Yeah, they, they really do. I mean, look, it, it's, I mean, Pappenhausen, 
the, the guy the guy's on another level at the moment. Uh, Tedesco, you better just you know keep an eye over <laughs> his shoulder there. Just uh, better make sure he's fit for Origin. Put it that way because Pappenhausen's coming for sure. Um, but no, I, I, I've just been very very impressed. Cam Munster, we've we've spoken about him at length. Obviously, he's gone through his his um, um, you know his struggles, but what that's meant mentally, he's in a much better space at the moment. Physically, he's got a six pack. Uh, any of those uh, personal <laughs> trainers that don't tell you that's important. Uh, Cam Munster's throwing that that out the window. He's um, off the grog, six pack. He's playing his best football. And Jerome Hughes, um, again, can, I, 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 I'm so impressed with Jerome because again, he, he's. He's not a natural halfback. You know, this is something he's learned and he's, he's certainly mastered and been very, very impressed. And another player that has been impressive is Nelson and Sofa Solomona. It hasn't been easy for him to just, quote-unquote, come off the bench and play limited minutes. You know, I understand it's more difficult than that, but he's really had to stand up and play a lot of long minutes and really, um, you know, lead this pack. So I thought he's done that really well. But my standout play has been Harry Grant, and that's why I'm tipping the Storm to win this one um, by... I'm going to say 12 points, but Harry Grant will get me into the match here. Where are you going with this one, Jordy? Oh, look, it is a tough one. I want to say Warriors for an upset, but likely with the form that Storm are rolling in, I'm going Storm by Storm by eight. Yeah, I love that. Well, let's see what happens. I think we both tip Roosters. We both tip Storms. That means Dragons and Warriors are probably <laughs> going to win those ones. So everyone gamble responsibly. All right, guys, let's jump into our final segment for tonight, Rapid Fire. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is singing closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. Yeah, and this week on Rapid Fire, we fire through the remaining games and offer our underdog tip of the week as well. Uh, In our first game on Thursday, we see the Cronulla Sharks come up against the Manly Warringah Seagulls. You know, Geordie, sometimes there's bad wins and sometimes there's good losses. And I feel like the Sharks are very much in that category where, yes, they did lose against uh, the Melbourne Storm, but I still feel like they were very, very impressive. Um, This Craig Fitzgibbon, (laughs) everyone has warned us that he was going to be a great coach. And I think he's just sort of rubbing salt into the wounds to kind of be like, yeah, I I kind of am pretty good at this whole thing. I mean, moving a prop forward into the centres, Talakai in the centres, I mean, he's... Uh, they're talking he could make a could get a roster spot in Origin. I mean, he's been absolutely incredible. Every time he gets the ball, he's kind of you know leading the sport at the moment when it comes to line breaks. Um, yeah, a bit of a masterclass from there. Um, Nico Hines, you know the, the the game plan for Melbourne last week was very very simple, and that was to bash Nico Hines. Uh, the second he got the ball, Craig Bellamy wanted people in in his face. Um, he was getting getting hit every time he kicked the ball. Um, they, yeah, it was a very very tough night for Nico. Um, look, Manly will try and uh, you know continue with that strategy as well. But um, you know my prediction here is Nico Hines Nico Hines bounces back off that. I think that would have stung a little bit. A lot of people were predicting that Cronulla would have got that victory against a weakened Melbourne Storm team. Um, so I think they bounce back here. Um, just quickly uh, on Manly, they'll be on the road in this one. Um, we're starting to see them missing Tom Travojevic. I, I feel like, you know, they were sort of beating their chest for a long time to say, hey, you know, we're still here. We're, we're still high up on the ladder. We're sitting in um, sixth position. But I, I really do feel like we're starting to see that, um, you know, that is starting to hurt them. So, um, yeah, I've got the Sharks in that one. All right, moving through to Friday, as we see the Brisbane Broncos coming up against the Canterbury Bulldogs. 
Look, the entire nation, besides some people in Queensland, are going to be supporting the Canterbury Bulldogs because we just love to see the underdog. See what I did there? Underdog, Bulldog. Yeah, you guys get that. Uh, everyone's, uh, yeah, everyone wants to see the Bulldogs win. And uh, any time you come up against the up and down, the inconsistent Brisbane Broncos, you're certainly a chance. Look, for me, do I, don't I, I'm, I'm going to plunge. You know, after the West Tigers did that dramatic victory over the Parramatta Reels, I now believe anything's possible. So I'm on the Canterbury Bulldogs bandwagon and say they're going to win this one. Um, how do they do it? Look, for me, um, we, we spoke about taking pressure off Matt Burton. I think we're starting to see that now with Kyle Flanagan. I mean, I hate to say I told you so, but I kind of love it. I told you so. Kyle Flanagan's the best halfback at that club. He needs to play every single game. Ridiculous that he wasn't, um, that he didn't train there all preseason. Absolutely crazy. But now that we've taken some pressure off Matt Burton, let's start to see a little bit more from him. This is a this is a guy who you talk about origin and someone who was you know kind of getting looked at for that squad. He was very much that player when he was there for the Penrith Panthers. Difficult situation, I get that at the Bulldogs, but let's see a big week from Matt Burton. Uh, let's see him lead them to a bit of an upset there. That's my underdog tip of the week. Okay, moving through to Saturday, we see the North Queensland Cowboys underdogs at home to the Gold Coast Titans. Uh, Geordie, <laughs> I'll, I'll obviously tip this game, but can I just get your tip on this? Because anyone that's tipping this game with confidence, we really need to get them on the show and debrief with them because these are two very up-and-down football teams at the moment. Up-and-down is a great way to describe what they've both been. I, Yeah, it's interesting because Titans look like they were build, building really strong at the back of last year's season, and I actually had them as like our bogey team to go into the top eight this year and go pretty deep into finals. So I'm going to go Titans just because I think they found rhythm at the end of last year and maybe – who knows, maybe this will be the week where they go, yep, we can put together a couple of performances in a row and bounce back. So, Look, it's going to be difficult for our punters out there. Gamble responsibly. I mean, if, if your life was on the line, you had to pick this game, uh, I, I don't know what to tell you. I think you'd be in a little bit of strife. Look, for me, um, I, I'm, going to, I'm going to tip the North Queensland Cowboys at home because of Chad Townsend. Um, I feel like he has been the difference in a few of their clashes this week, and it's because he doesn't panic. He's experienced, he's got great leadership, and he's patient. He's got a really strong kicking game. And if the opposition is going to, uh, I, I guess, you know, force errors um, and, and, and create opportunities for their opposition, I really feel like that's a Gold Coast sign. So for me, I think the North Queensland Cowboys, they can be a little bit more patient. They're going to have to be this week, and if they can do that, I think they can narrowly get the job done against uh, yeah, a very um, up-and-down but very talented Gold Coast Titans team. All right, let's move through now to the 7.30 game um, on Saturdays. We see the West Tigers, the mighty West Tigers, Jordy. <laughs> I mean, after they've broken the duck, they've got their win now. Um, yeah, what are we talking? Undefeated season from here on out, I'm sure. Coming up against the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Look, we do poke fun, but, Jordy, you know, the South Sydney Rabbitohs, they're far from perfect. Um, obviously, you know, missing Latrell, the Adam Reynolds story has been spoken about a little bit of time. But I, I guess what we're saying is this isn't the absolute, um, uh, you know, Penrith Panthers, Melbourne Storm type South Sydney Rabbitohs um, so far. They're still really finding their way. Um, I'm really, really impressed with Jackson Hastings for the West Tigers. You know, this team has just been screaming out for a leader, hence why Michael Maguire gave the captaincy to five players, which is completely <laughs> and utterly ridiculous. They should all be fired. The captaincy needs to go to Jackson Hastings this week. He is their leader. 
He leads them on the football field, off the field. Um, yeah, great to see that they found someone in that position. Um, now they've just got to continue to roll with it. Um, for South Sydney, look, I'm, I'm obviously going to tip the Rabbitohs. I feel like they'll get the job done. Um, Damian Cook, hey, where did he come from? I feel like this Cary Grant has pinched his um, Australian jersey at the World Cup. You know, Damian Cook, he's a competitive guy. Um, he, he knows what's been written at the moment. Goes out, scores a hat-trick, and I think he continues that form. Still waiting for that big breakout game from Cody Walker. We haven't seen it yet. Do we see it this week against the Tigers? Uh, Rabbitohs for me. All right, let's move forward now to Sunday. And my Newcastle Knights uh, come up against (laughs) the Parramatta Reels, who just came off their most embarrassing defeat in probably the last couple of seasons. So perfect timing, as always. That always seems to happen for the Newcastle Knights. Um, Look, you know, the Caelan Ponga situation is really, really difficult. Um, It is definitely having an impact on this team. Um, you know, it's kind of like when mum and dad are fighting. It's just awkward. It's just difficult. If they're going to get a divorce, how about we just get a divorce? Um, I think Newcastle Knights are getting um, fans are getting pretty frustrated with the whole situation. Um, what's the football looking like at the moment? We're missing Adam Clune. Uh, be interesting to see whether he plays in this one. A really stable uh, player in the middle. Um, but yeah, look, Parramatta. It's they lost against the Tigers. What else do I have to say? They are going to be absolutely stinging. They're going to be embarrassed. It was a sellout crowd there at home. Um, you know, they will be on the road. But I think, unfortunately, I think Parramatta get the job done here. But you won't hear, hear me saying that. Um, I, I, I didn't say that one. All right, uh, moving through to the next game. Penrith Panthers against the Raiders. Panthers win this one easily. Um, Jordy, we, we, again, we continue to poke fun. But how about we rest Cleary? We, we, we rest Luai. Let's give a few of the guys a night off. Because the Canberra Raiders, they are an absolute shambles at the moment. I mean, we're just used to this now where the Raiders kind of suck for a month. Ricky Stewart sprays them, embarrasses them, and then they kind of play good football for a period and then they drop away again. Look, it is very, very difficult when you lose your halfback and your hooker. Um, not too many teams could recover from that. I get that, but I, look, I'm with Ricky. The frustration here, it's crazy. On paper, they have one of the best forward packs in the competition, so at least be physical. At least win, at least win the middle we're not seeing that. Um, no blame on that rookie halfback Schneider. I think he's been playing good football. Um, but, yeah, Pen- Penrith Panthers win that one well. And, Ivan, yeah, sit a, sit a few of the players out so it's a competitive game. All right, moving through to uh, – that, that's it. That's Monday. We've previewed the Dragons, Roosters, uh, the Storm and Warriors. Going to be a very interesting round of football. No one heard me tip against the Newcastle Knights, which I'm really <laughs> happy about as well. All right, Geordie, that's all the time we have. Just want to thank you for jumping over and helping us out. Um, Again, for our listeners that haven't had a chance to listen to the Women in League show, go over and check it out. Geordie and the team, they're doing some great job, great work over there. Some incredible uh, footballs being played at the moment. Uh, We're diving into some of the state comps at the moment in between NRLW seasons. State of Origins just around the corner as well, so go out and give that a listen. Um, how can you continue to support the NRL show? To our listeners, continue to download the podcast, share with family and friends, and until next week, we'll catch you then. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.